Hey, good morning everyone. Today's scripture reading is Matthew 28, verse 16 through 20. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Okay. Well, good morning, everyone. My name is David Duran, and I serve as the church planning resident here at Doxa Church. And wherever you are watching this today, I just want to say that I'm so glad that you're with us. And I trust that the Lord is going to use His Word this morning to minister to your heart and to your soul. I've got a quick and important announcement that I want to share with you all before we move on this morning. And I'm really excited to be able to share this. So we are very tentatively looking at gathering together again for worship at the Y on June 14th. So about a month from now, Lord willing, we will be uh, gathering together for worship. And obviously things are going to look look different, uh, but it will, be, it will be so good to see everyone who is able and feels comfortable to come together and gather to uh, worship the Lord. Uh, we're going to continue to live stream the services on Sunday morning, so that, that's not going to change, but I just wanted to mention that the tentative plan is that we will be together again for worship on June 14th. So, this morning, we're going to continue our series that's titled Implications of the Resurrection, and what we're going to do this morning is look at the mission of the church. And essentially, the question that we're asking is this, how is the mission of the church established and propelled forward through what Christ did on the cross. And by, by extension, how is our mission as Christians transformed through what Jesus did? If you are a Christian, the, the mission and the goal of your life should look vastly different from those around you who do not know the Lord. And this, this passage that we're, we're looking at this morning, it is a, a very familiar passage to people who have been Christians for a while, or, or who have grown up in the church, and I'm, I'm willing to bet that if I was able to ask for a show of hands, uh, many of you listening would raise your hand saying that you have heard a sermon, or you've heard some kind of teaching on this passage before. And the temptation for you this morning will be to sort of uh, half-heartedly listen to this sermon that I'm about to give. Maybe, maybe the sermon will be going on in, in the background, but your temptation will be to put your attention and your focus elsewhere. And friend, if, if that is you this morning, I want you to know that, that Satan would love nothing more than for you to tune out and neglect to think deeply about the mission that Christ has given you for your life. Many of us, we, we rightly and we happily amen that the chief aim, the chief aim in our life is to uh, glorify God and enjoy Him forever. We as Christians, we rejoice in that because that is true. Now, I would say that the leading way that we bring glory to God is through genuinely loving Him and obeying what He commands. 
and living out the, miss, the mission that's described in our passage this morning. This is one of the main ways that we obey God. It's one of the, the primary ways that we demonstrate that we actually love God. It's not just through a, a robust understanding of theology, although I am, I'm all for that. It's not just through a, a, a well-rounded and healthy prayer life, although that, that's crucial as well. It's not through uh, social work, although that's, that's something that we have to be involved in as Christians. No, what, what I'm proposing to you this morning is that the chief way that we bring uh, glory to God is through obedience to the task that he has given us to make disciples. The kingdom of God expands as we faithfully live out the mission that Christ has given us. This morning, I want us to all be reminded of the mission that Christ has given his church. And I want us to be reminded of the mission he's given us as believers who make up the church. So what I want us to do is let's, let's pray together and then let's, let's dive in and let's look closely at what Jesus has to say about our mission. Let's pray together and then we'll, we'll jump into the word. Father, I thank you that although we're not able to gather together in person, that we can all sit under your word this morning, God. So I, I pray that you will uh, cut us deeply with your truth. Father, I pray that you will um, move us and motivate us to action for your glory. Father, I pray that your word would come alive as we look at it, as we think deeply about it. Father, I pray that you'll help me as I, as I speak, help me to only say things that are true and honoring to you and edifying to people that are listening, Lord. God, I pray that you'll block out distractions, and I pray that you will help us to focus intensely on you together this morning. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, Matthew 28, uh, 16 through 20 and specifically verses 18 through 20, they are known as the Great Commission. And what's, what's really interesting about the mission that Christ has, has given his church is the way that Matthew presents it in his gospel. There, there are certain themes that you'll notice if you read through Matthew, and these, these are themes that Matthew is, is really trying to emphasize. The book of Matthew was written in a way that would really speak to, a, to Jewish Christians. He wants to, to show that in Jesus, all God's promises come to fulfillment. He wants to, to clearly explain that Jesus, he is the Messiah. And, and this last emphasis, it's very important for our passage today. Matthew, he wants to show that Jesus is the king. And not just the, an earthly king who's, whose reign is limited in some way. Matthew wants to show that Jesus is the true an eternal king. The kingship of Jesus is such a, an important theme in the Gospel of Matthew. And as we look deeper at the Great Commission this morning, I want you to, to think about and, and understand our mission through this lens. The, the mission isn't just something that, that you or I, I do as or you or I do or the, the, the church at large does. It's not just about mission trips and, and accountability groups and discipleship, discipleship classes. Um, that understanding of the Great Commission is really far too simplistic. 
the Great Commission, our, our mission as the church is, is about nothing less than the kingdom of God. And when you hear that phrase, the uh, kingdom of God, we are talking about the, the kingly rule and the, the kingly authority of God. Our mission as Christ followers at its core is about the kingdom of God. So let's, let's look at our passage again this morning, and let, let's unpack it while, while keeping our, uh, our kingdom of God glasses on so that we can have a clearer picture of what Jesus is saying here. And I, I think we really see the magnitude of our mission as the church and, and as believers when we understand how the kingdom of God is at play here. So Matthew 28, 16 through 20, we're going to read it again. And I keep emphasizing this. See if you notice the theme, the kingdom of God. Remember, this is after Jesus' resurrection. And these are some of the last words that Jesus would share with his disciples before he ascended into heaven. Let's read it again, Matthew 28, 16 through 20. It says, Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus has direct, had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. As we think about how this, this passage speaks to uh, our mission as the church, I want us to see three things that I believe will, will inspire us, that will motivate us, and will really keep us on task as we, we live out this, mis this mission. And I get each of these things directly from our passage this morning. So, three things that we see. First, we see that Jesus is King. Jesus is King. Second, Jesus has a mission. And third, Jesus is always with us. Look at, look at verse 18 again. Remember, this is Jesus post-resurrection. He's getting ready to ascend into heaven shortly. And he says in verse 18, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Jesus is claiming here to be the true and the eternal king of the universe. That, that's what Jesus is saying. Let's not mistake that here. Jesus is claiming to be the true and eternal king of the universe. But how do we know if this is true? Anybody can make the claim to have all authority on heaven and on earth. You or I could say we have all authority. And that, that would be a lie, but we can make the claim nonetheless. Remember back in, in Matthew chapter 4, Satan, he tries to tempt Jesus by telling him he would give Jesus all the kingdoms of the world if, if Jesus would bow down and, and worship Satan. Satan was making a, a claim of authority that was only partially true, but he was, he was making a claim of, of authority nonetheless. Even if you think back within the last hundred years or so, there have been dozens of people, perhaps more than that, who have who have claimed to have the kind of authority and the kingship that Jesus is talking about. How do we know that Jesus is the true king with all authority in heaven and on earth? Here's, here's how. Jesus' life culminating in his resurrection from the dead, that proves that he is the king 
with all power and all authority. And throughout the book of Matthew, we see that Jesus, he has authority over the weather. He has authority over sickness. He has authority over, over demons. And even over death itself as he raises others from the dead. The, the authority of Jesus is seen throughout the book of Matthew. But his, his resurrection, the resurrection, is undeniable proof of Jesus' authority. And the central position of Jesus in the kingdom of God, it was proven when God raised him from the dead. And the, the fact that all authority in heaven and on earth belongs to Jesus, it fuels us in our mission, which we're going to look at shortly. But it also, it brings an extraordinary amount of, of peace and security to our hearts as Christians. The coronavirus does not have all authority. The federal government does not have all power. You or I do not have ultimate authority, no matter how much we, we may want to think that we do. Only King Jesus has all authority in heaven and on earth. And this fact it fuels us in our mission to extend the kingdom of God. And it provides a peace and security to our hearts as we live out the Great Commission. Now, I don't, I don't know what naturally comes to your mind when you think about a king or, or someone who has all power and, and all authority. Maybe you imagine someone sitting on a throne somewhere, or, or maybe you think about one of the, the ruthless uh, rulers from the past. Maybe Alexander the Great or Genghis Khan or, or, or some other authoritative figure from history comes to your mind. It, it may be difficult in your mind for you to picture how someone with all authority can actually be good. I think of the, the famous quote that kind of relating to this that says, uh, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. We're naturally uh, opposed to individuals with unchecked power and unchecked authority. But when it comes to King Jesus and his authority and his, his kingship, Submitting to his reign and submitting to his rule is the most satisfying, life-giving thing that we can ever do. Jesus is a king who conquers not through the taking of life, but through laying down his life for all who trust in him and submit to his authority. Jesus is a, a merciful, a gracious, and a loving king. And his kingdom is marked by, by his love and the peace that it brings. You see, we, we all naturally, we try to form our, our own little kingdoms. And in our, our greed and in our selfishness, we place ourselves above God in our hearts and in our minds. And friend, if, if you're trying to build your own kingdom, denying the authority that Christ has, just know that, that your kingdom, ultimately, it, it will fall. And I don't say that to be ugly or, or to be rude. Um, that, that's just the reality. That's the story for many of us who are Christians. We, we live for ourselves and for our own name and for our own glory. And living, living that way and, and building our own little kingdom, it's like trying to build a sandcastle right, right where the surf comes in uh, at, at the beach. The tide may be out for a little while and the sandcastle stands, but eventually... 
Eventually, the tide is coming in, and that sandcastle is going to fall. And the same thing happens to us when we live as if we are king instead of Jesus. Eventually, our kingdoms that we try to construct will, will come down because there's only one king with all authority, and his name is Jesus. Jesus is the king with all authority. And those who belong in his kingdom, those who are in his kingdom, he has given them a mission. And that mission is the Great Commission. And we see in, in verse 19, in the first half of verse 20, so first Jesus says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And then in light of that, he says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. The Great Commission, it is the work of the church. It is the work of, of God's people. The Great Commission is about the expansion of the kingdom of God. It's about so much more than us as individuals or us as, as individual churches. It's about the kingdom of God expanding. And the message of the kingdom is about Jesus and what God has done for humanity through him. Through Jesus' death and through his resurrection, human beings can be restored to a right relationship with God. Our love for, for sin and for things that are contrary to God's will, it, it makes us slaves and it makes us subjects to Satan's kingdom. But through the, the gospel, through what Christ has done, we can enter into the kingdom of God. And as Christ's rule and as Christ's reign extend, the entire world is, trans is, is transformed by God's power. And friend, the, the kingdom of God, it expands not through brutality and cruelty like the kingdoms of the world. No, that the kingdom of God expands through, through self-sacrifice. It expands through love. It expands through proclaiming the news of what Christ has done. Verse 19 First tells us, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Brothers and sisters, the kingdom of God advances as disciples are made, and as, our, as churches are planted. And here is a very reassuring fact. Our ability to make disciples, it doesn't rest on our ability or our competence. Our ability to make disciples, it doesn't rest on how talented or how educated we are. It doesn't matter how much charisma we have. Instead, our ability to make disciples, it rests on our obedience. We'll be obedient to the task that Christ has given us. For me personally, as someone who desires to plant a church in, in Massachusetts, what, what reassurance it gives to me and to my family to know that this entire uh, church planting journey that we're on, it doesn't ultimately depend on us. Our job is just to be faithful to the task that Christ has given. The question is, will we be obedient to the mission that Christ has given us? And that, that's a collective us. Will we as, as Christ followers be obedient to the mission that Christ has given all of us? If we ourselves are disciples of Christ, and that means that we will do what Jesus did. In Jesus, he made disciples. It's interesting, 
in the Gospel of Matthew, which, remember, it was, it was written for, for a Jewish background kind, kind of audience. But Matthew contains this sort of sustained expectation that all of the nations would be included in the people of God. I want to give you a couple examples of that, just to, to drive that home. You think of the story of the, the Magi, the wise men, back in, in Matthew chapter 2. They're trying to find Jesus, and they say, Where is he who has been born King of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and we have come to worship him. You think of the, the faith of the Roman centurion in Matthew chapter 8, where he trusts that, that Jesus can heal his daughter without even physically going to where she's sick. And Jesus says to him, truly I tell you, with no one in Israel have I found such faith. One more example, in Matthew 15, there's the, the faith of the Canaanite woman. And Jesus responds to her by saying, O woman, great is your faith. And I give you those examples because Matthew gives us those examples in his gospel to show that, that the task, the mission to make disciples is for all peoples of the world. It's for all nations. It's for all, all the people groups. And, and in, our, in our mission as the, the church to make disciples, we are in sin if our disciple-making efforts only focus on people who look like us and think like us. The kingdom of God is open to, and it is made up of all kinds of people. You know, I, I haven't been alive really for a ton of years, I know, I know that my life experience is limited in a lot of ways, but I'm, I'm certain that the many, or one of the, the reasons that many Christians seem to, to never feel joy and never seem to feel a passion in their lives is because they're not living this mission that Christ has given us. Instead of the, the mission to make disciples being at the, the forefront of our minds and the expansion of the kingdom of God being, being right there at the front, we've instead kind of placed it on, on the back burner. It's like our, our approach is almost, well, maybe, maybe one day when, when I'm not in school anymore, then, then I'll take this, this task serious. Or maybe, maybe one day when the kids get a little bit older, we have a little bit more time, then, then we can commit more to, to being engaged in the mission. Or maybe, maybe one day when I have just a little bit more money and I don't have to work as much, then, then I can really focus on this. Then I'll get serious about the mission that Christ has given his church. And I would just say, you are, you are robbing yourself of joy if that is your mindset. Now, now kingdom work in disciple making, it is challenging. It is tiring. It is demoralizing at times. But oh, it is so worth it. It is so satisfying to be obedient to the mission that Christ has given. If your Christian life is feeling a little stagnant, if it's feeling a little dead, a renewed passion for disciple-making can serve as oxygen to your lungs. Remember, the authority belongs to Christ. All authority in, in heaven and on earth belongs to Him. But He, he uses our human hands, and he uses our hearts to work his will. I want to I stop for a second, and I want to be very clear about something here. I, I'm not aiming to make anyone feel guilty in what I'm saying. If the Holy Spirit brings conviction to your heart this morning, that's, that's one thing. But, but I, I don't want you to feel uh, guilty because of something that, that I'm saying. I do, however, I want you to feel 
motivated and inspired. That's been my prayer for the last couple days, that people would feel motivated and inspired as a result of, of looking at this mission this morning. The reality is that we have, we have opportunities to live out the mission that Christ has given to make disciples every single day. So yes, all, all different kinds of people deserve our effort in disciple making. And, and yes, we want to see people uh, baptized into the church and into membership here in our, our local body. And, and yes, we should be uh, making efforts to teach people to, to observe and to understand what Christ has commanded. But sometimes when we hear those things, we get a little bit freaked out. We think we have to immediately go jump on a plane to a foreign country or maybe we need to go find the, the closest street corner and stand on it and, and start preaching. And while these things, they, they can be right and the, the good and right in the, in the right circumstances, some of us, we, we maybe need to start living this mission by spending uh, more time with our children and teaching them what it means to know Christ. You know, one thing that the coronavirus has done for, for my family, and I imagine for, for really all of us, is it's, it's forced us to slow down. And my wife and I, we have two girls, they're three and they're one, and we've had more dinners together as a family over the past month than I, I think we probably ever have. And we started calling this time family dinner, and we're intentional about talking through a Bible story or sharing a, a Bible passage with, with our daughters. And it is amazing how our three-year-old has grown in our understanding of God's Word in the past month. And we're, we're sowing seeds and we're praying that God will raise her up to love Him with her whole heart. We're doing our best to, to make disciples in our own home. I was talking with a brother in our church this week and he was sharing with me how he's had more opportunities to build relationships with his neighbors than he ever has before. And he's hoping and he's praying that he'll get, he'll get a chance to share the gospel. And by God's grace, more people can be brought into the kingdom of God. And I, I share those two examples just to say that if, if disciple-making and, and the kingdom of God expanding, if that's at the, the front of our minds in everything that we do, then we will be intentional in making disciples no matter what life situation or what day-to-day -day situation that we find ourselves in. Friends, that, that is the mission that Christ has for us. Expand the kingdom by making disciples. Christ's kingdom, it is going forth. And it cannot and it will not be stopped. The question is, will you be a part of it? First, if you're, if you're not a Christian, will you embrace the loving King Jesus who has all authority? Will you willingly bow your knee to his lordship? Because we know that every knee is going to bow. And every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That is going to happen. And my prayer is that if you're, you're not a Christian, that your knee will willingly bow to the king. I pray you will come to trust in Jesus as Lord and as your Savior. And then if you, if you are listening today and you, you're a Christian, will you embrace the mission? Will you embrace the task that Christ has given his church? There's so much joy to be found in, in obedience to the work. And I pray that many of us will wake up and experience this joy. There's one, there's one more thing that I want to point out to you this morning. And, and uh, this, this is so comforting. 
as we seek to, to live out the mission. That's in the last part of verse 20. And this is, this is Jesus, the king with all authority, who has given his church a mission. And look what he says. He says, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Jesus, he doesn't just point and say, go do, although he is the king with all authority, and it's well within his right to, to send us out on our own, kind of disconnected from us, but he doesn't, he doesn't do that at all. He directs us, and then he goes with us. You think about those, those 11 men. Remember, Judas had, had killed himself in Matthew 27. It's 11 men now, 11 apostles. Think about them who originally heard this great commission. And think about what they, they went out to do. Nearly all of them suffered martyrdom. They died as a result of, of faithfully living out this mission. They died as a result of their, their church planting and disciple making efforts. They died because of their passion to advance the kingdom. And I, I can't help but imagine while Peter is being crucified upside down, or, or Matthew, the one who wrote this, who's being killed with an axe, I can't, I can't help but imagine them remembering those words of Christ. I am with you to the end of the age. I'm not distant. I'm not detached. I'm not just watching this happen to you. I am with you in the mission to the very end. And most of us will never face this level of persecution and suffering. Many of our brothers and sisters around the world, they, they do face these kinds of things. I think about Christians in, in Iran or in, in China and many other places in the world. They do face this kind of persecution, but most of us will probably never experience this. But we still need to be reminded that Jesus is with us as we live out the mission. You need to remember, Christian, that Jesus is with you. He's not only with us in, in our overseas missions efforts on, on the other side of the world somewhere, He's with us in the everyday, seemingly mundane tasks that can be used to advance his kingdom. He's with us as we, we knock on our neighbor's door just to check and see how they're doing, looking for an opportunity to share about the joy that we have in Christ. He's with us as we stop and, and talk to the homeless couple that we drive by every day on our way home from work. Friends, he's with us in the, the everyday things that we do as we labor to advance the kingdom of God. And I, I know for some of you, this all probably feels really intimidating. As a, as a member of, of Christ's church and as a follower of Jesus, you want to live out the mission to, to advance the kingdom. But it just, it feels like it's too much. It feels like it's too much for you. Well, you're, you're right in that you or I on our own, it is too much for us. We could, we could never accomplish what, what Christ has commanded. But we together, collectively, as, as the church working for the glory of God through the advancement of his kingdom, recognizing that Christ is the king with all authority, all that serves to, to fuel us, to propel us forward as we live on, miss, on mission. And I have, I have one question here that I, I want to pose for everyone today who's listening. And really, I, I want you to honestly uh, think about this. Do, do a little bit of self-reflection here. Examine yourselves and see, see uh, where, this, where this fits. So here's, here's the question that I want you to ask yourself. Is the mission to advance the kingdom of God 
through the making of disciples, a driving force in my life. I'm going to say that again. Is the mission to advance the kingdom of God through the making of disciples a driving force in my life? Does a, a mission mindset permeate everything that I do? Just as a, as a personal testimony here, I can say that my life has been turned upside down for the better through embracing this mission. And I personally do not know of one Christian who has regretted embracing the mission of the kingdom with all their heart. I don't know of one Christian family who has regretted the, the sacrifice and the dedication that this takes. There is so much joy to be found in the mission. Brothers and sisters, the victory of the mission and of the advancement of the kingdom is assured by Christ's resurrection. Victory is a guarantee. We can't lose if we engage in this mission. But we do lose if we remain on the sideline or if we're, we're indignant to the mission. Here's, here's the, last, the last thing I want to say this morning. I want to I read for you the second half of Revelation eleven fifteen. Church, this is, this is the reality of what is to come. And I pray that this will encourage you as much as it encourages me as we live on mission. So Revelation 11.15, this is what it says. The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. And he shall reign forever and ever. All that day is coming. And I pray, Lord Jesus, I pray that day will come quickly. Let's, let's pray together, and then we're, we're going to continue singing. Father, I thank you. I thank you that there is joy in the mission. God, I thank you that living on mission, it brings life for us. Father, I pray that you would help all of us who are Christians to be faithful in the mission to advance the kingdom through making disciples. Father, thank you that, that the work, it ultimately doesn't rest on us, but you have given us this task to advance your kingdom. Father, thank you that you're with us in the mission, and thank you that, that one day your kingdom will be consummated on this earth, God. And we look forward to that day. Father, I pray that you'll bless us this week as we as we um, live our lives, I pray that you'll, you'll give us the ability to see opportunities to make disciples in the mundane, everyday tasks, Lord. And God, I pray that there will be hearts that are listening to this, that are stirred to go to the other side of the world for the advancement of your kingdom. I pray that you'll do that, Lord. I pray that you'll use our church in that task, Lord. We love you, God. We thank you that you're, all, you're always with us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.